Welcome to Creative Conversations. I'm Roger Humphrey. My guest in this episode is voice and piano teacher Marie Vavreau. I first met Marie a few years ago when her son began guitar lessons with me. Join us as we discuss the challenges of teaching music during these unusual times. We join in progress. Part of, the, part of what I do here is, is I really kind of want to celebrate the people like yourself, the neighborhood musicians. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, or, or the neighborhood artists, the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends of mine who have written books and they're doing okay. They're not, you know, they're, they're not, uh, you know, uh, selling, you know, millions of books like Stephen King, but, but they're making some money doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they've been doing it for a very long time. Same with folks who, who paint. Um, mm-hmm. I have, I have a cousin um, who I've yet to be able to get on this program, but, but, uh, she is, a. Um, uh, well-respected uh, and and uh, and uh, award-winning poet. Uh, that's, oh, there, wow. There's a tricky thing to do, right? And, yes, um, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and so and she's retired from her teaching duties and things like that. And I'm not sure if she's even doing much writing anymore. But but uh, um, but yeah, I, it, it's like nobody would know her name, and it's like that's just wrong. <laughs> You know, it's fundamentally that's wrong. I mean, this is somebody who has, who's had art, accomplishments in the art world, has made money in the art world, and and the general public thinks that unless you are on the news once or twice a year, that somehow you're a failure at this. If you're not a mm-hmm. multimillionaire, then then you're you know nothing, and and, and it's just really sad. So so that, you know, there's there's yeah. a lot of us out there. You know, I I think that's something to be said too. Is that we don't. Uh, most don't get it get into it for the money right i mean it's not about the millions of dollars it's about the joy right right exactly i think that there are there's there's a there's a certain subsect um uh of people um that are doing it to it's it's the music and then they quote brand themselves and you know next thing you know they're selling perfume and sneakers and you know, and the, and the whole thing, but for them, that's it's it's a business. It has nothing to do with art. It's just consumable stuff. You know, they put stuff mm-hmm. out there, and and there are people on TikTok that are doing things for like thirty seconds. You know, yeah, and yeah. You know, and social media, and they're making money, and and God love them for it. But it's not what you and I do by any mm-hmm. stretch. You know, we put, uh, you know, how many hours alone do you spend? In a given day, well, probably not as many as you'd like now, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so now, where, now you teach piano, right? Yeah, I teach piano and voice. Okay, now is voice your first instrument? Yep, voice is my first instrument. I'm um, I actually sing opera, <laughs> believe it or not. I I um, do believe that because of your uh, email address. So yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, it is my first instrument. Okay, and uh, uh, studied formally where? Uh, at University of Michigan. Oh, nice program. Mm-hmm. Yep, they have a good program there. <laughs> <laughs> they do okay. <laughs> they do all right. Yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, um, uh, uh, I I have to tell you when you know you you said the opera thing like I was going to be like shocked or or somehow put off by that. And I understand that. 
I do understand that. Um, but I have to tell you, I love opera. And, oh, and, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do. I, I, I not so much. I, I wouldn't buy. I don't think I've got hard, I'm more than two CDs of, of, of opera arias or anything like that. Um, mm -hmm. But I love being there. Oh, I mm -hmm. love being there. I mean, it's just like, wow, this is cool. And um, so anyway, um, uh, I, I applaud you for that. So, so oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I actually, voice was my first instrument as well. But I wanted, oh, but, but um, I wanted to be, I didn't want to be involved in opera. And I didn't have anything against uh -huh. it. Just, what, just it wasn't where I fit. Just wasn't what I wanted to do. So what brought you to voice? Oh, I started, I started when I was really young in a church choir, actually. And then um, I was just always in choir in school. And I really loved it, really loved singing. And then by, I don't know, my junior year uh, in school, um, I was doing competitions, solo competitions, and a professor had asked if I had considered um, a singing career. At, at that point, I had not. I just did it because I really liked it. And so um, I started to get into lessons and I decided to go to school for it. So I just really liked it. There you go. <laughs> just really enjoyed it. It's, diff it's difficult to find a place to perform anymore, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, right now, absolutely. Course, but, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, I, were you were you able to find places to perform prior to the the pandemic? Um, I did some performances, uh, but you know, um, right now, I I mean, I haven't performed in what a year, year and a half. Sure. Um, it's just you know there are some of my friends are performing, but um, it's just not. I don't know. There's a lot of things that go into it, you know, oh, sure. to perform right now in the in this atmosphere. So, yeah, it's it's difficult. We're not out of the pandemic yet, and and no. well, it's it has it does seem to be loosening its grip, and so so um, yeah, it's it's interesting for me. The pandemic really didn't actually. I probably profited from the pandemic, if truth be told. Um, mm -hmm. And um, but uh, I know a lot of people were, you know, particularly in the arts, were really hurt. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 been brutal, and we've kind of had to rethink how we do things. Um, there've been a lot of there. I've noticed a lot of online concerts, but I don't know whether or not they've been successful. You know, it's one thing. I mean, anybody can do an online concert. I mean, we could do one. Oh, maybe, sure. You know, we could do one in five minutes if we knew any songs together. But, but uh, <laughs> you know, but, but but it's you know to, to be able to get any kind of an audience that actually make you know. And it's, again, it's not about the money so much. It is just. You know, you don't want to do all that work and then have nobody hear it. You know, you, you, you want to be able to present that work to people. and and uh, Right. I mean, you're sharing something. I always think of performance. When you get up to perform, you're sharing your gift with yeah. people and, mm -hmm. and sharing this experience. And when you create something, you do put quite a bit of work into it. And then you create this. And, um, you know, if you can't share it with anybody, you know, what's the point? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I, for a long time, I, you know, I, I, I stopped performing um, a year ago. I stopped doing weddings and things like that. Uh, just the logistics, as much as I enjoy playing at weddings, and I really do, uh, the logistics uh, uh, and the work that went into the into them prior, um, 
just got too too much for me. I just couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. And uh, and at some point, you know, I just got to look in the mirror and face reality. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but but I kind of lost my mojo for a while because it was like when I was a kid and I was learning songs, I was always learning songs to impress my friends. Mm-hmm. As a young man, I was learning songs to perform uh, at the clubs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. the people will love this one. I can do this really good. I try something else that didn't work. I'd scratch it, you know, and you kind of wean your way through this. till you finally had a repertoire that you thought was going to be entertaining. So there was always that, that end goal was always to play it for somebody. And, uh, and even with the wedding stuff, I mean, I, there was a lot of music that I didn't play classically, um, mm-hmm. because it, you know, or, or even like pop tunes that I wouldn't play because they weren't wedding appropriate, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know Beatles song yesterday, very, very inappropriate for a wedding, beautiful song, mm-hmm. but, but, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and everybody knows the first opening lines of it, you know, yesterday, mm-hmm. all my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks like they're here to stay. You don't want to play that at somebody's wedding, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, so, no matter how beautiful a song is. And so, so, uh, now all of a sudden I find myself in a situation where I can play anything I want for any reason that I want, but I don't really have anybody to play it for. Mm-hmm. And, and so what, I, what I'm finding is that I can uh, uh, record it or, or even video it and put it out on, on uh, social media and mm-hmm. just get it out there. Just It, it just kind of makes me feel good to throw it out there. Now, if nobody likes it or nobody wants to watch it, that's, another, that's on them. But at least right. I, I've, <laughs> I've got a way of, of, of kind of stretching it. But it's it's kind of been a while. So I mean, I still enjoy teaching after all these years. So how big a how big a, a hit did your teaching take from the pandemic? It did not. In fact, I probably have more students now than I did beforehand. But I think some of that is because everyone's stuck at home, you know, and they're like, "Hey, what do I do?" And that's something. Um, you know, some are like, hey, I've never had the opportunity to pursue this and now I do want to, or, you know, I was taking a break or whatever the reasons are really. Um, so, yeah, I would say that I have more now. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, I, in terms of ratio between voice and piano, how many, like approximately how many would you have? I would say right now it's 70% piano, uh-huh. 30% vocal. A lot of that has to do with um, just uh, not everybody wants to do voice right now because of, um, you know, all of the different things. And wearing a mask, it is very difficult to sing in. <laughs> it's very difficult. <laughs> so are you, are, are you able to go back to doing them in person? Are you still doing things online? or? I have been doing it in person, um, but it... You know, you have to, um, there's a lot of logistics with that and what size studio, you know, you can have a voice student in and how far apart and all of that stuff. And then piano, it's different because you can just wipe down the piano, clean it and <laughs> off you go, you know. So. Hose that thing down and go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it feels like, <laughs> you know. I had... Um, uh, I had been talking about retirement uh, for the last probably three years or so, four years. And uh, and my wife's going, no, I don't want you under my feet all the time. <laughs> 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 you 
<laughs> keep working, keep working. And so anyway, but I had thought that, that what I would like to do is I, I, I'd try to move everything online. I'd gotten tired of the drive. I lived uh, nearly an hour away from the store, you know, at Marshall's where I taught for 40 years. And and I just, I, the, the drive, particularly in bad weather, had just gotten to a point where it was just, I won't say it was intolerable, but I got to a point where it was borderline intolerable. Well, it's not fun in the snow, so. Oh, oh. And I found, actually, before the pandemic, I found that, that if, if the weather was really crappy, I would just tell my students that I was going to do them online, and the students would meet me online. And in many cases, uh, the students were thrilled because that meant they didn't have to go out in the snow, too. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, we, and we found that, that doing makeup lessons or these alternative things because of weather and things like that online was working out pretty good. And so when mm-hmm. it came time to just, when I finally said the very early beginnings of the pandemic, I said, ah, I'm old and I'm, I'm right in the crosshairs of this thing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bail out now. And mm-hmm. uh, of course, we didn't know a lot about it, but we did know that old people were dying. <laughs> no interest in that right away. You know, <laughs> had, right, to stay, right. had to stay dead for a long time, you know. So, so anyway, um, uh, so I just moved everything online, and I think I lost two students because of that. And uh, and had a few people at the store that thought I was maybe overreacting, but within two weeks, everything shut down by law. Yeah. You know, it yeah. just, it went from, I mean, it just literally was, you know, swirling the drain. And I mean, it just literally went down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I, and suddenly I got people who had never really, would not consider doing anything online, uh, sending me emails going, how do you do this online stuff? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and everybody's trying to figure it out. You know, it, the, the sad part was that, that once they got into it and they realized how easy it was, um, I didn't look that smart anymore. <laughs> For a while, I, I I thought I was pretty smart. I, nope. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So for, it, the thing that surprised me, and I th- and I think that you, you touched on that, is um, I, I didn't get the drop off. I don't have the attrition. Uh, people who would normally quit after a few months are staying there because they don't have anything else to do. So. So anyway, um, yeah, for me it was it was really not much more than a a, a, a step sideways, and uh, and then I was good, you know. So still doing it, and I've still got almost the same number of students. I have a couple people that drop in the summertime, but they they have they've been on my schedule for years, and they always have. Mm-hmm. It's just something that mm-hmm. they do, and uh, and and I had a couple people. I had a couple of kids that graduate from high school this year, so you know they're not. They're gone. You know that's right. And and, and that's just it. That's yeah. just it. But but um, but the rest of the kids are hanging right in there. And uh, I so think that's great. I do too. I do too. So and, and as long as now I'm, I'm you know and then I started this ukulele program. Mm-hmm. That How's you? that going? Well, I haven't been pushing it. The students that are in it are doing very well. I mean, I mean, frighteningly so. It's as a program, it works very well. But I haven't been real active in recruiting, so I don't have a lot of students. Mm-hmm. Um, it started off with the idea of just being a six-week program, mm-hmm. and before I got to the end of the six weeks, I a couple of parents asked me if I could extend it out another six weeks. Well, I've got students now that have been with me since we started since I started this thing last like July, <laughs> and I and I'm scrambling to keep up with them, but. Mm-hmm. But what's fun is that I had always tried to make sure that we made some progress every week when we were in the lesson room. 
Thanks. And with these little kids, when I'm dealing with a six-year-old, seven-year-old, um, that's really l less of an issue. We just play songs. I teach them a song, and they got a ha half a dozen or so songs to play, and they'll play, and they'll just play those songs week after week after week after week, and then we'll tweak something, and um, uh, or I'll, I'll you know get them into a new song, and eventually a new chord or two, and and uh, mm -hmm. we're not doing any music reading; it's just chord strumming and singing, and um, so and I've had some nice success stories. The nice thing about it is it meets we meet twice a week for fifteen minutes. And and particularly at that age group, you know, the, the attention span yeah. isn't real good. And that's not something you can do in a brick and mortar operation. No mom is gonna drag her kid down to the store twice a week for fifteen, for 15 minutes. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. But if it's yeah. online, I mean they just, you know, walk in the other room and turn on the computer. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And it's and it's and the kids maintain their um, uh, attention span and uh, mm -hmm. And in addition to which, I do have one young boy, um, a student who is Colin's age, my mm -hmm. son's age, um, who um, they told me oh, a couple of months ago, I guess, that uh, he'd been diagnosed uh, with attention deficit. Mm -hmm. and, and and I had seen it. Uh, they had seen it. They just finally had, you know, had the test run and they, and they mm -hmm. confirmed mm -hmm. it. I don't think anybody was surprised by the diagnosis. And, and I was having a hard time with him, just keeping him focused at all. You know, mm -hmm. because I'd say, okay, can you do this? And I'd have to holler at him five times before he would finally go, what? What, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, I, he just his brain was just all over the place. So I suggested to them that we cut it down to two 15-minute lessons. And it's been mm -hmm. perfect for him. We mm -hmm. get time to work. We get things done. He's playing better than he has in a very long time. Um, it's really, it's really t turned him around. So I'm thinking to myself, yeah, this is something I should have been doing a long time ago. Couldn't do, of course, when you know, face to face setting. But, right. But uh, in this, man, oh man, it works great. I love it, and uh, so it's yeah, that works out great. You know, so I had actually one little boy who was went into the second grade this year. Mm -hmm. He started with me last summer, and he just he's actually just turned eight, I guess. Mm -hmm. So when, when school started at the beginning of, in September, uh, he was talking to his music. They had a music teacher at that school and mm -hmm. was talking to her. And he knew that she had uh, like uh, ukulele classes or she played ukulele or something. And so he asked her if he could, you know, take lessons or join the class or something like that. And she said in what... Uh, was relayed to me as, as something of a condescending voice. Oh, no, 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 dear. You're, mm -hmm. much, you're much too young. You have to be at least in the fifth grade before we we do anything like that. Oh, what a bummer. Right? Because yeah, that's such a so cool anyway, instrument. Yeah, so about three months later, two months, three months later, they're learning a new song in their, their class. Mm -hmm. And he really likes the song. So he comes home, figures out the chords for it on, on the ukulele, plays mm -hmm. it, does such a great job as grandfather, uh, records it, and they send me a copy of the recording of him strumming it and singing it, but they'd also sent, her, sent it to her. Mm -hmm. To her credit, she stepped up and she said, okay, apparently I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. She, she owned up to it. But that to me is a real success story right there, you know. It, yeah. But it, it breaks my heart to talk to some music teachers who don't want to work with a kid until they're 10 or 12 years old. It's like, really? I I think that's too late in some cases, you know, oh, like, Colin. well, it's not too late. Like you can definitely start then, but 
Man, you can start so early with music. Well, how old's Carl? He'll be 11. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but he's been with me now for what, four years? Something like that. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been four years. <laughs> <laughs> and you look at the music that he's playing and the things that he can do, you know, yeah. and his love for classical music, which I, which I attribute to you. Um, and he absolutely loves it, you know, and he just, you know, I showed him uh, just the, that opening theme to In the Hall of the Mountain King. And he just plays the daylights out of that all the time, you know, just all the time, every day. <laughs> <laughs> It's and yeah, ad nauseum, right? But <laughs> but uh, but that's perfect. It's you know, it's perfect, and then he'll move on from there, and and uh, and there'll be other things that he'll want to play and want to do, and oh yeah, and I'm sure there are things on his list right now that we haven't got to, so so <laughs> probably. So you've started teaching. Uh, you're back to teaching uh, in person. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you, are you at a music store or a private studio or people? Um, so I have a studio here and then I have, I have a studio in Lansing and I have a studio in Jackson. Oh. Um, and so I, I don't know, I split my time between both. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, I'm in person. If they want to be in person, I'm online. And a lot of times like they are traveling or whatever it's, it seems like online has become a, a great convenience a lot of times. It's, so. it, it's, it's not as mysterious as it was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know, two years ago, it was a very exotic thing to do. Now it's daily. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like everybody it's does it. It's part of our life, right? It's part of our lives now. So, <laughs> so, so now are you going to, do you hope to expand your studio or are you pretty, pretty comfortable with the size it's at right now? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I'm comfortable right now. I don't know if I want to do anymore. Um, cause I think, you know, you have, you have that time in studio where you're teaching, but there's also that outside work that you have to do where you're looking for music, uh, or you're arranging things for uh -huh. people or recording. I do a lot of recording outside of studio for, for students. So you know, there's that balance. So for me, when I was first starting off, um, trying to support a family on this, um, and, and so there was, I always wanted one more student. Didn't matter how many students I had, I always wanted one more student. And I found myself, uh, one day waking up and realizing that I had literally packed my entire life with students. I didn't <laughs> have, I didn't have any time for my family. My kids were, you know, you know, doing sports in school, and I couldn't go to any of the games because I was with somebody else's kids doing their thing. And, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I've, it's that's been a regret. This has been a great career in a lot of ways, but that has been a, a major regret mm -hmm. was that it mm -hmm. came at the cost of family time. So, yeah, it's a little tough. Yeah, there's a big balance. And to your point with family, um, you know, there's those things too, and those things are important. So how do you balance all of that in... Yeah. yeah, and 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 it's, and it's guesswork until you retire. <laughs> You're always guessing how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? You know. So yeah, and the the the, the stuff that you're doing in the background that the students don't see. You know, yeah, it's you know, and and um, not all teachers do it, but I think the successful ones do. There's a there's a lot of work that you do to uh, so that your students will make progress. You know, mm -hmm. in part because you really want your students to make progress. But also there is a, um, 
there's a, a business component to that as well, the better the students, right. you know. Um, the recitals I, I did in part because the students wanted them, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought that it was good for the students to do. It wasn't until later I realized that it was very good business, that um, I'd have some kid up there playing, and uh, and his friend would come as a guest mm-hmm. to watch, and the friend would say, gee, I'd like to do that too. You know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so you'd pick up a student and uh, a student here, a student there. Um, you know, the parents, I never made the parents play in one of those. I, I, I just knew better than that. But <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, although I probably could have pushed it with some of them and, and would have got away with it. But with the kids, the, I mean, some of the kids hated it. Some of the kids loved it. I would mm-hmm. just kind of from, from child to child. And the kids who loved it when they were eight or nine years old learned to hate it by the time they were 13. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do this, you know. But, but also, yeah, I found out that, you know, it, it was good for the students, but it was also good business. Yeah. I do also think it creates a source of inspiration. Um, a lot of times on recitals, I'll have students that are just beginning and then more advanced students. And I think it, it helps the ones that have just started out or in, are in that beginner stage to say, hey, you know, I can do that. I can be where that person is on stage. And, um, you know, and I, I think it's interesting when you have a lesson after the recital, you're like, hey, I heard that piece. Now I want to do it. <laughs> okay. You know. The, the other thing that, that surprised me, the parents of the kids who were doing very well, and I, I teach out of the same books and I have for years. And so um, they would say, you know, I heard this little kid over here playing this song. And I haven't heard that song in a long time. And all of a sudden, it was a moment of nostalgia for when their 15-year-old was seven, you mm-hmm. know, and playing those songs. And, and, it, and they enjoyed it far more than I had anticipated. They really did. Mm-hmm. And I, it's not that I didn't understand it. I just hadn't expected it. I didn't anticipate it. And so that was a lot of fun. And, uh, uh-huh. and then there was a social aspect of the recitals. And you see parents who, who know each other from uh, their professional life uh, and didn't know that their kid took from me also. Um, we had parents who, who um, uh, only knew the other parents professionally. And, and they would come in and all of a sudden there was this, this social aspect. They would sit around and have a glass of cider and eat a donut or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Compliment each other's kids on how well they did and things like that. And that was always kind of fun. And I do know that, that in a couple of instances, uh, uh, I know business was conducted because I, I, I caught him in the act, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> with, with one guy buttonholing another guy saying, I've been trying to reach you in your office for the last couple of weeks. And, <laughs> and, and the other guy's going, oh, yeah, well, here we are. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, it had that. I had a parent tell me... Um, about three or four years ago, and they were new, um, and I think it was their second recital. And uh, and she said to me afterwards, she says, "I feel like I'm joining a very special club." Now that's a good feeling to have, you know. I mm-hmm. to me that was it's just that that you know being one of Rogers' kids kind of thing, you know. And you have arrived. <laughs> I, not really. <laughs> A legend in your own mind, as the old joke. <laughs> so, so yeah, 
So yeah, I I have arrived now. So um, anything new going on? Any new programs that you're offering or new things that you're trying to do? Nothing new. Um, I've been doing an online group piano. That's been interesting. Oh. Um, I've been teaching kids that are really all over all over the world. And that's been really kind of cool. Um, because we do like, um, we do, I do a question of the day. So it, and it can be anything, be like, well, what's your favorite ice cream flavor, whatever, just to kind of, you know, get to know people. And I had asked, you know, where do you want to go in the world? If you could pick anywhere. And one of the responses was, I'd go to America. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's, it, it's been interesting and um, kind of cool. And in the same, same respect, you know, um, they're learning the same things, right? It, it's the yeah. same. It, piano is piano, no matter where you're at. So. I, I, and, and, and I would say the same thing about classical guitar, that, <laughs> that I have... Um, you know, favorite players from all over the world, Japan and Russia. And I mean, some of these people I know, you know, through, the, th through social media and such, and, and some I don't, but, but, um, you know, they're playing the same songs and they're, you know, and, yeah. you know, and, and they, they all play well and they all have this, this, the same passion. We may not all speak the same, you know, verbal language, but we all speak the same musical language. And, um, and it's, it's, and, and the thing is, you find out folks are folks. Yeah, you know, that's just it. People are people. People are people. It doesn't matter uh, about much of anything else. We all basically want the same thing. We want to be safe. We want to be secure. We want to have food on our table. We want our families, you know, to be taken care of. You know, I mean, it's it's all the same thing. I don't care where you're from. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's all it's all the same thing, you know. So so you just really have to embrace that and, and understand that. I feel sad for people who don't understand, who, who have never been outside of their shell long enough to find that out, that, mm -hmm. you know, regardless of what governments say, that the people are just, you know, we're, we're all just trying to get by. We all just want to be safe, happy, mm -hmm. you know, play our music for those of us who are musicians, you know, or do our mm -hmm. art and things like that. So I, th I think it's terrific. So now do you have a, a lot of adults uh, that you teach? I have a handful. Um... I would say that adults get busy. So a lot of times they'll, they'll leave and then I'll get an email, you know, a few months down the road. Hey, can I come back and start lessons again? <laughs> Which is totally cool. Like yeah. I get that. I get that. Um, so uh, I do, I have a handful and you know, it, it comes and goes. Mm -hmm. So how are you able to publicize and, and develop this international class thing? How did that come about? Uh, it's on a, an online platform. So, uh, a teaching platform. So gotcha. I okay. created a class and that's, yeah, that's how, oh, they, awesome. how it came to be. <laughs> I want to thank Marie for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's always fun to talk shop with a kindred spirit. And I want to thank you too for taking the time to join us here on Creative Conversations with Roger Humphrey.